With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line live right here on SportsGrid Hour. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside hanging out with you. We got a lot of Major League Baseball news to recap as well as some of last night's results. I want to start with the Max Scherzer news. It's actually Mad Max's birthday today. So happy birthday, Max. I'm sure he's a routine listener to the early line. But the trade rumors around Scherzer, Donnie, are absolutely starting to pick up here we've gone as far as to acknowledge that he very likely would be willing to waive his no trade clause in order to make a move happen here what do you think about this does this make sense for the nationals does it make sense for scherzer I think it makes sense for everybody. Maybe you're just at the end of the string for the Washington Nationals. Not to say they're not going to be competitive. They do have a good organization. They should have deep pockets to be able to spend money. I don't look at this as one of those where, hey, you know, we didn't have a very good year, so let's just piecemeal everybody off, including Juan Soto, and try to start again. That's not going to happen here. When you take a look at Max Scherzer, you got one of the best single contracts that you could have from a frontline starting pitcher over, you know, five to ten years in Washington, which included division championships, World Series championships. You got what you wanted. Now, all of a sudden, you try to do right by Max Scherzer. Sort of at the end of his career, do you want him throwing the lights out there in for the Nationals for the rest of the summer? doesn't really add up or make sense because I don't think the Nationals are going to win the division. So by not winning the division in the NL East, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Do Max Scherzer the solid here? And he's also going to do you a solid by leaving? Yes, because he's going to get you back a handful of really good prospects that you can use to retool your farm system. Now, the one thing to look forward to here with Max Scherzer, he's probably a little bit rejuvenated and energized. And, hey, work with me on this one. You're going to send me to a contender. I might be able to win another World Series, which I can hang on my mantle. But also, let's take a look at what you can do with Max Scherzer in tipping the scales of the balance of power in Major League Baseball. Imagine if a team gets Max Scherzer, whether it's the San Francisco Giants. Now you say, okay, maybe they are the best team finally in the NL West. Maybe the Padres swing and say, hey, we're coming for the Dodgers. Or maybe the Dodgers losing Trevor Bauer have the deepest pockets in Major League Baseball, go out and make a deal for Max Scherzer and say, hey, we didn't have Trevor Bauer, now we got Max Scherzer back. This is a very interesting move that could win a World Series, Kevin, for a franchise. Mm -hmm. It is, as you said, something that makes sense for all parties involved. He is a straight-up free agent next season. I'm not sure he's going to be back in Washington. I think Washington, again, maybe going a little bit too far here. Apparently, every player not named Juan Soto is available. I don't know why you would trade Trey Turner. I want the Yankees to call them nonstop about Trey Turner if that's a legitimate possibility. But trading Scherzer does make sense because, as you mentioned, Donnie, even if it's for half a season, the return for a guy like Max Scherzer would be tremendous. You think about the teams that could be involved. Apparently, the New York Mets have called. I don't know if the Nationals would really make that kind of a move, but boy, would that be a tremendous boost to that roster. Certainly, the Giants would love to add some front-end pitching. I'm sure the Boston Red Sox will look to make a phone call as well. But I'm going to bring up something, Donnie, that almost on the fly here, a little bit of a variant of a hot or not. If the Houston Astros add Max Scherzer, right now the Astros are plus 460 to win the World Series on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Dodgers are plus 380. If the Houston Astros 
add Max Scherzer in the way that when they, you know, a couple of years back added a Justin Verlander. Does this team become the World Series favorites? Probably the best lineup the sport has to offer. If you bring that level of pitching into the fold here, I, it might just be their year. We'll bring the radio audience into the fold. Thanks to all those listening on Sports Grid Radio, all of our radio affiliates out there on a Tuesday morning talking about potential landing spots for Max Scherzer. What do you think about some potential spots, Donnie, but specifically the Houston Astros? I love you look at the Houston Astros here because when you take a look at changing the balance of power, it's very rare that a pitcher of this caliber is going to come available at this time. So one of these teams is going to get a significant boost because if you're making the move for Max Scherzer, Kevin, it's not that you want to get into the playoffs, right? It's that you're looking to actually win the World Series. So you're already setting up your rotation and what it might be for playoff baseball. Having Max Scherzer starting out a series is a great way to start. So if we take a look at the Houston Astros getting Max Scherzer, you know that's not the only move they're going to make. They're not just going to be like, hey, we got Max Scherzer, let's, let's, you know, uh, that's it, and let's just see what we can do. That means they probably go and get Max Scherzer and then add another bullpen piece or two. So now you're really stringing a fantastic one through nine at the plate with a great starting pitching staff and also adding on to an already very good bullpen. But some of the smaller market teams I like to look at with the prospects here to make a run, you know where he would be absolutely devastating? And could you possibly put this team as a World Series favorite, Kevin? Imagine him going to the Milwaukee Brewers. To have that one, two, three, and oh, oh yeah, Peralta yeah. as your fourth guy heading into a playoff series, a seven-game series with Woodruff of the likes and Peralta, as I said, Max Scherzer being added over to him. You're taking a look, Corbin Burns, and then you have that end of the bullpen that can shut down games. That would be amazing here. I'm excited now to look to see where Max Scherzer ends up going because he's going to go to a playoff-ready baseball team, and that just might put him over the top, Kevin. That would be unbelievable. I even think about the team that they just played. Imagine if the Chicago White Sox made that kind of move and yep. brought out Lynn Rodon, Scherzer, and Giolito. Look, I know I often bring it back to them, but if the New York Yankees could figure this thing out and then tossed out <laughs> Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer yeah. in the playoffs, oh, right? Boy. But we've heard even yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays are interested they absolutely could use a type of pitcher like that, especially, right, with losing Glasnow in the way that they have. A Matt, the Mets have been linked to a Max Scherzer. Jake DeGrom, Max Scherzer? You're down 2-0. You're down 2-0. Good luck figuring it out yeah. from there. It's it just an absolute change, a move that would change the futures market significantly in Max Scherzer. We're going to do a little bit earlier edition of Take It or Leave It. That's what comes up next right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi Fi all over the house, even in my super secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite. Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Back right here on the early line. Coming up on Johnny Wright's side. 
this Tuesday morning. We're going to bring take it or leave it into the fold right now, around 840 or so. As always, we will be previewing that Major League Baseball board. We're going to hit the NBA draft a little bit next segment. But certainly something that is very important on a Tuesday is that it's a dinger Tuesday. So here's how we'll start take it or leave it, Donnie. Will you go to Red Sox Blue Jays for dinger Tuesday? Take it or leave it. I'm probably going to leave this one on the table, Kevin, as we were talking over the break here. It doesn't seem like a bad option here to go with, but, you know, two power lineups, Toronto and Boston. But sometimes when we take a look at the weather atmospheric conditions here that seem to be very lovely in the windy city of Chicago with about 90 degrees at first pitch and the wind blowing out, that might be one that little piques my interest a bit more here than Toronto and Boston. You can never really get upset with, you know, you're playing in Fenway, 73, 74 degrees, still nice weather and hitting conditions. Robbie Ray, power pitcher, but he is a lefty, does have a tendency to give up home runs to a right-handed batters. But then you look at Garrett Richards on one side, he should give it up as well. But I got to say, Kevin, I think we're going to leave this one on the table and head to the friendly confines, possibly, for my Dinger Tuesday outlet tonight. You know, I'll tell you what. I, I think that, of course, Blue Jays, Red Sox is appetizing. You look at the lineups, and it's always going to be that case. Robbie Ray's on the mound. Robbie Ray gives up homers. Ask the Boston Red Sox, who absolutely just put him over the fence when they were just playing uh, the last time that they met in Dunedin or Buffalo, wherever it was. But the game, of course, at Wrigley Field, Donnie, if the conditions are there, is exciting. But what's incredibly exciting is Alzelay's on the mound. And we never got really back to this, but the last time Double A took the mound, and again, for those that don't know, all he does is give up lefty home runs. It's all he does. The last time he took the mound, he was going up against the St. Louis Cardinals, who have essentially no left-handed bats and certainly no left-handed power bats. And the first player he saw was Carlson, a lefty bat, and gave up a solo shot. Like, Donnie, I might just be betting Jesse Winker if today was Wednesday to hit a home run, much less here on a dinger Tuesday. Yeah, you got some nice matchups here, too, in this game when you take a look at it. Obviously, we know he gets hammered from the left-hand side, being Al's alive. Winker, 427 weighted on base average and an ISO power number to righties of a 301. Joey Votto, another lefty in the lineup, a 284 ISO power number and a 404 weighted on base percentage. And then Naquin, 213 ISO power number, 342 weighted on base percentage. Those are the three lefties supposedly in the lineup tonight for the Reds. All rake right-handed pitching, so maybe it lines up here tonight, Kevin. Dinger Tuesday might be coming from this game either from Winker, Votto, or Naquin's perspective. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good options there. I want to bring up Team USA, the men's basketball squad, and their next matchup here. We'll start it off. There's a FanDuel Sportsbook odds boost for this game. It's coming off of the board midnight tonight. Again, a lot of this action will be kind of taking place overnight, and you'll be able to wake up with us the next morning and really uh, break down what happened. We'll start with a boost, though, from FanDuel on the total, Donnie. 170 total points scored between USA and Iran. Was plus 130, is now plus 160. Take it or leave it. It's odd to say. I'm actually going to leave this one on the table. If you're looking from a USA perspective, they probably just want to get a victory. Now, they want to do it in convincing style, of course, because it makes you feel a little bit better about the loss overall to France. But when you're taking a look right now, it, they are a massive favorite, Kevin. 41 and a half points here. But looking at the points for the game, let's just say, can it be 100 to 70? Or is this one of those games, Kevin, that's going to be like 100 to 55 at this point? Because I can't imagine Iran going off from three-point range against a much better athletic competition team like Team USA is and going up against them. Uh, 170? Shouldn't that be easy? Shouldn't the U.S. hit 120 points say I ran? You know, just go around there and make a couple shots here and we should be good on this plus 170 yeah. or over 170 points. But as I look at this year, I don't know if I want to buy in just yet to Team USA. Are they ready to blow a team out by 50? Are they ready to score 130 points here in the Olympic game? And does Iran slow the game down, figuring that's the only chance they have to possibly compete in this one? I'm going to leave this one on the table, and I usually love overs, Kevin. It's interesting. To give people an idea, the actual total is 166.5. So the ask is three more points than the initial number. And you get it at plus 160. I think this is a take it for me. 
ultimately, yes, there's a world, I guess, in which the USA goes out there and holds Iran to, I don't know, 50 points, whatever it might be. But USA absolutely needs to go out there and light it up. I, I just don't see any world in which that team isn't looking to get the offense clicking. When you think about the narrative surrounding that team coming at, off of the loss to France, it has to do with the frustrations over the offense that they are running there. I wonder if Pop says, fine, you know what? Do whatever you guys want. Typically, when you challenge players of this caliber, be like, hey, prove me wrong. They kind of tend to do it. I think I'm going to take it on the over. Let me bring up the spread here, though, Donnie. 41 and a half. The number has moved a little bit. It's now down to 40. But it's incredible because they lost to France. And people are like, oh, I'll lay any number next game. That's until you're staring at a 40 spot here that USA is laying. Take it or leave it. USA minus 40 in this game. I'm actually going to take this one. It sounds ludicrous because you just saw them lose to France. But I do think they, there's a market difference between talent, between Team Iran and Team USA. So if I'm looking for them to blow them out in 100 to 55 type fashion, take a look also, Kevin. The thing that we nailed on the France game was forget about the overall game performance here. Yeah. I do think Team USA, if they are 40-point favorites here, should be up at least double digits by the end of the first quarter. If you take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, they are hanging a minus 11 and a half for Team USA in the first quarter. There's no reason to believe, Kevin. We're not looking at like a 25 to 10 type of start here for Team USA. That's the way I'm looking here. So I like it full game. I'll take that. But I like it even more in the first half and particularly the first quarter, Kevin. That's what I wanted to try and figure out. Did it make more sense to lay 44 a game, 11 and a half in the first quarter, or 22 and a half at the half? outrageous numbers that you are seeing here. <laughs> I tend to agree with Donnie, though. I, I think this is a... Look, man, I, I, if they're up 35 with five minutes to go, everybody knows the deal. JaVale McGee. McGee and Johnson. Yeah, like that, those are the guys <laughs> you're betting on to close it out here. Like, you know what I mean? Look, if, if they go out there and they're up by 20 at the break and you lose this and they go out there and win by 50, like, fine. But I feel like if they're going to cover 40, Donnie, they're going to have to be up by, oh, I don't know, 30 at the break. Like, it just feels like that's what it has to be here. And that's actually going to be something that I will look to try to follow with this team in terms of their ATS numbers. How often are you able to bang the register in the first quarter and the first half as perhaps opposed to that full game? Mention, we're going to talk a little NBA draft coming up here, and I just want to recircle to the news that we saw come out yesterday from the NBA around that big-time trade between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And as it pertains to the NBA draft, the most important piece there is the Memphis Grizzlies now own the 10th overall pick. That is incredibly important when you are betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook in a market such as player to be selected inside the top 10 this is where now, Donnie, people need to try and get a sense who is Memphis eyeing. If you can start to circle that, you can start to make some money. Nope, absolutely. It's the same way we talked about it yesterday, Kevin, where you're trying to eye up. You can make some good money on the NBA draft now that it's legal to bet, particularly here on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You just have to read between the lines, get that information first, and maybe, Kevin, be an insider like me and the Green Bay Packers. Maybe somebody outside there is an insider here with the Grizzlies that can get you that advantage. But reading up, doing your homework never hurt anybody, and now you can profit on it in the NBA draft. No doubt about it. One name that has been rumored, Moses Moody, plus 138, to be selected inside the top 10. Also rumors that Memphis would love to keep on moving up. Could it be Jonathan Kaminga? Could they have their eyes on getting inside the top three and Evan Mobley? Really interesting stuff to follow. We'll keep talking about the NBA draft right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite- Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Welcome back to the early line live right here on Sports. Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Reinside. And now we bring into the show John Shepkevich to help us break down the NBA draft, which again is coming up this Thursday. There's so much to get to, John. I want to hit the ground running with what I believe to be one of the more interesting pieces of this draft. And it's the two G League Ignite guys in Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. Green seemingly not harmed whatsoever by going to the G League Ignite. A monster favorite to be selected with inside the top two. Kaminga maybe has a couple of more detractors. What do you make of those two players? What do you think their range of outcomes are when we get to Thursday? Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, the G League Ignite, Ignite guys are pretty interesting because uh, this is an unprecedented situation. Uh, NBA teams have never you know, had to scout potential prospects to be drafted in this type of environment. Um, and you add in the pandemic alongside that, definitely something different. But Jalen Green immediately stood out as a guy who uh, very much warrants being picked, at least in the top three here. Uh, he's a guy who in most draft classes would be considered for number one, uh, but Cade Cunningham kind of uh, has that thrown in this particular class. But very good scorer, very dynamic athlete, um, you know, a guy who could eventually put up 25 points per game in the league. So he seems like a pretty pretty surefire bet, has some things to clean up defensively, needs to get a little bit stronger. But that's a guy that you'll definitely see picked in the top three, uh, potentially top two. Jonathan Kuminga... Um, was thought to be, you know, one of those guys on that same sort of tier, potential number one pick in a different draft, but, you know, had his warts kind of come through throughout the G League season, has some things he needs to polish up on, but he's got the strong NBA frame. Looks like he should be able to develop into something interesting, but he's been a name that's been sort of sliding, uh, you know, outside of the top five and could even see himself fall a little bit further down into the top 10 come draft day. John, superstars in college basketball, some translate very well to the NBA, some not so much. When we take a look at the guys that translate very well, obviously Cade Cunningham expected to be the number one overall pick, superstar Evan Mobley. We watched Jalen Suggs you know, hit amazing shot after amazing shot on a very good Gonzaga team. But as we flip it over, there are some other stars here in the NBA process here. When we try to equate it to college football, Tim Tebow was an amazing superstar, one of the best college football players to ever lace them up. But his game didn't really translate over into the NFL. So when we try to take a look at maybe from the center position, Luca Garza, first-team All-American, not very many people expecting him to go in the first round, maybe a later second-round pick. Nemesh Keita out of Utah State, a very dominant big, but how his game translates over to the NBA. And also one guy that we had fun watching for the past couple years, he actually left school early to get his professional basketball you know, started, per se, possibly overseas, and that is Cameron Crutwig. Talk about the two types of prospects here, the ones that we see that are superstars in the NBA who played well in college basketball, and then those lower-tier guys where somebody might be watching the draft like, myself and like why isn't Luca Garza going here I watched him he was tremendous John in college basketball 
Donnie, you sound like Dick Vitale right now to me right there. Uh, he's been beating that drum for quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's understandable, right? He's been insanely productive throughout his college career. Can't be stopped in the paint. He's even shown some acumen stretching it out to three. So people wonder, you know, why isn't he going to get a viable chance at the next level most likely? Like, I mean, he'll get a shot, but, you know, not going to have major investment from a team. And I, I think the reason why, and you see it in the NBA playoffs, is that these – more traditional big men just can't stay on the court in high leverage situations or in the playoffs, right? If you don't have that foot speed and lateral quickness to be able to switch a little bit and stick some guys on the perimeter, teams are going to hunt you and put you on an island and try to just take advantage of you as much as possible, right? So that that's where Luca Garza will kind of have his struggles and, you know, carving out a significant role in the league is just, you know, being able to stay in front of guys in space. Um, but I think guys like, like Nemius Keda, for example, you could see him out of those three be the one that's picked the highest because he brings you know the rim protection aspect to things and he's improved a lot as a passer. Um, big men who can pass the ball, I think, are coveted now um, as far as being you know hubs that can catch the ball at the elbow, dish it to cutters. Like Jokic is obviously the primary example of this. We're not saying that Keda can fill that kind of role, but I think having that element in your game can you know, make you a more viable offensive threat as a big man. Uh, Cameron Crutwig, I, I got to say, I love that guy. Uh, I saw him play down in person at the Tampa Pro Combine, and uh, similar to what I was saying about Kada, he was just diamond people up the whole time. Uh, but as far as his draft prospects, unlikely to be drafted this year, and I believe he signed a deal already uh, with a team over in Belgium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, still eligible to be drafted if a team were to want to look at him as a stash option, but it's more likely that his route will, uh, you know, lead him to high levels overseas, and maybe in a few years he could, uh, you know, have a chance to come back over the pond and take a crack at the NBA. You know what, John? While we're on that subject of, or that kind of type of player, Ayo Desunmu is another guy that kind of fits that mold. The projection is still first-round pick. How high do you think AO could potentially come off of the board here? And how do you think his game could translate to the NBA level? He's a tricky one for me because he's a nice player and he's gotten better throughout his college career. It's hard to really nitpick what he did this season. Uh, obviously, they you know flamed out in the tournament, um, but he had a really, really nice season and you know has good size for his position, can play either guard slot. Uh, I think what happens every year, though, is that you end up with a pretty significant cluster of point guards and combo guards in that late first to early second round area. It just seems to always happen that there are five or so guys that are relatively in the same tier there. Uh, so you could see Io come off the board in the 20s, uh, certainly, but it's also very much within the realm of possibility that he slips into the early second round there. But he seems like a guy that in the early second round will still warrant uh, potential guaranteed contract looks from a team, uh, even if he's not, you know, on that first round rookie scale deal. John, NBA action, Olympic action. We know it's a worldwide ordeal here with looking at prospects from around the globe. As you see, Team USA not having a great go of it right now in the Olympics. The international market is hot. Hey, look, Luka Doncic is dropping 48 points in the Olympics. He's a surefire, possibly NBA Hall of Famer in his early career. Maybe a chance at the MVP even next year. Talk about some of your favorite international prospects that are coming into the draft here for 2021. This is an interesting draft for uh, the international side, especially at the top. Um, it doesn't go particularly deep. I think we saw a lot of guys end up withdrawing when it was all said and done uh, last week. But, you know, up near the top of the draft, the hot name that you're going to be hearing right now is Josh Giddy out of Australia, who, you know, interestingly enough, isn't a guy who's really been, you know, on NBA radars or on a pedestal for a long time. Just this more so came to light in the past a uh, couple of years here, he was playing down at the NBA Academy in Australia, and then this was his first season in the Australian NBL. And he kind of lit it on fire for somebody that young. I mean, we saw LaMelo Ball do so last year, and then Giddy kind of followed in his footsteps, uh, averaged more than seven rebounds and seven assists, bringing that versatility to the table as a six-foot-nine-ish lead guard. Uh, he's a guy who's been rumored to 
the Memphis Grizzlies uh, since they recently made that trade with the New Orleans Pelicans to move up from number 17 to number 10. Uh, the rumors are that they have their sights set on him, but uh, he's also been linked to Golden State, who has the number seven pick. Uh, there are some other teams in that mix. Uh, I would expect to see Giddy come off the board between you know seven and ten. Uh, maybe you know twelve would be the back end of that, but seven to ten seems to be the likely range at this point. So I'd say he's the kind of the most interesting international guy to look out for. Uh, and then you have some a couple other interesting ones in Alperin Shangun. Uh, who looks to be a borderline lottery pick. Uh, this kid has been playing at 18 years old in the Turkish BSL, which is one of the better leagues in the world, and actually took home the MVP of that league. It was averaging a double-double. Just you know, kind of has that mold that we were talking about earlier. Is a little bit more of a traditional big man, but the production is just so off the charts at such an early age, and he has room to grow athletically that uh, he's... I think a pretty safe pick. Uh, you don't see that kind of production uh, over at that level at that age not turn into a viable NBA player. So those are your two potential lottery guys. And then you know once you get into the range of the New York Knicks in that 19 to 21 range, he might be off the board already. But Usman Garuba uh, out of Spain is probably the next most interesting international guy. He's a guy who's been hyped up for a while. He was uh, the youngest starter ever in Real Madrid's uh, system, younger than Luka Doncic when he made his first start for the big club there. Uh, just kind of a defensive prodigy, a guy who can do those things that we were talking about earlier that matter now for the big man position. Garuba excels on that end of the court and has some room to grow as a potential stretch you know, corner three-point shooter, but really great athlete and versatile defender. Really, really good stuff, John. Chepkevich with us here on the early line. John, uh, let people know where they can find your work here. Obviously, I'm sure things are going to be picking up with you as the draft gets closer and even recapping some stuff. Let them know where they can find you at. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at John Chep. Uh, and you can also find my work on theanalyst.com. Uh, I've been putting out a series called The Draft Files on there. Uh, very analytics-based uh, breakdowns for the NBA draft. You can also find my work on RookieScale.com. Awesome, awesome stuff. That's John Chepkevich. Thanks so much for joining us, John, here. We look forward to all the work you put out as we lead up to the NBA draft. We take a break here on the early line. When we come back, we'll start to preview a stacked Major League Baseball board. A lot of good options here. The Yanks are back in action against the Rays. The Phillies mm. ride an eye off of their walk-off home run from Andrew McCutcheon. A lot more. We'll break it all down next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How?! You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.
Let's break it down. Major League Baseball in full effect today. A lot of games to get to. I want to start with the game between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Garrett Richards against Robbie Ray. Toronto, a road favorite at Fenway Park, minus 130. The total here is 10.5. The Boston Red Sox now, winning is not enough for them. Apparently, they must break the heart of all of their opponents. They like to make their comebacks in the bottom of the eighth inning. That way, you pretend you have a chance at the top of the ninth, but you're already defeated. It is some incredible stuff for this team as they just continue to win. What do you think here, Donnie, is Robbie Ray did not fare very well against Boston last time he saw them. Yeah, we'll see if they have a bounce-back effort in this one. But if we're taking a look at the Boston Red Sox and how you beat them, or I guess going about beating them from a gambling perspective, you want to try to stay away from the bullpen. How about yesterday? Bichette hits that home run in the top of the fifth inning to get them their fourth run. They don't play another run the rest of the way, Kevin. Why? Because the Boston Red Sox have a pretty good bullpen, even though it is a hitter's ballpark. So, again, if you're trying to measure up Nick Pavetta last night, you got your team total over, which was 2.5 over the first five innings, if you bet that way. But for a full-game stretch, you weren't able even to get over the total of the game, which closed anywhere between a 10, 10 and a half to 11, depending on where you're shopping at. The FanDuel Sportsbook, I believe they closed at 11 yesterday. If we're looking from a Garrett Richards perspective here, Kevin, particularly over the last 30 days, a 4.84x foot, which is high, but take a look at the right-handed batters that he does face. Richards is a right-handed pitcher over the last 30 days, which he faced 67 batters, Kevin, a 424 weighted on base average and an ISO power number of 306. So if you take the bullpen out of the equation, maybe you're looking at a first 5 over that you can back here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Why? Because look at the right-handed batters here for the Toronto Blue Jays once again. Springer, uh, George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Simeon, Bichette, Hernandez, Gurriel, and Grichuk, which means seven of the nine eligible batters here, Kevin, are going to come from the right-hand side, which is exactly what you like. And oh, yeah. Over the last 30 days for the Blue Jays going up against right-handed pitching, check out some of these ISO power numbers here, Kevin. 264, 306, 275, 173, 226, 190, 167, 271, and the nine-hole batter McGuire at a .031. Keep in mind, a .160 is about the Major League Baseball average, so a lot of heavy bats in that lineup from the right-hand side to go against Garrett Richards. Should see some runs early. The only question is, can you get to that Red Sox bullpen if you want to back? the Toronto Blue Jays. I'll just say somebody that did you know lay a number on Toronto or missed the postseason at the midway point. Watching them <laughs> obliterate the Texas Rangers was not a great feeling. But what I've realized is that's entirely to do with the Texas Rangers as they still have not won since the All-Star break. And the Toronto Blue Jays are just right now not able to put results up on the board. I do feel pretty good about that. Bet about as good as you could feel still this far out. Let's bring up Donnie's boys here, the Philadelphia Phils. Whoa, what a win. Andrew McCutcheon, three-run walk-off home run. That's how they scored all their runs, two three-run homers, one by Reese Hoskins, and then that walk-off shot there by Andrew McCutcheon. Donnie, they come back today, minus 120 favorites. More being favored is mind-blowing, though Fetty not necessarily an ace pitcher on the side for the Nats there, which leads us to a total of 10.5 in this game. Yeah, rightfully so with the 10 and a half. And as they say in life, less is more. Well, less of more is more for the Philadelphia Phillies as he's going to take the mound again with an XFIP, Kevin, over the last 30 days of 5.32. Now, he's faced roughly, I don't know, 85 batters. He handles the left-hand side because he's a left-handed pitcher very well. What's the problem in Major League Baseball? Most teams are able to stack right-handed bats and legitimate right-handed bats against performing left-handed starters like Moore. Over the six, last 67 batters he's faced, which covers 30 days from the right-hand side, Kevin, take a look at this. A 383 weighted on base percentage to righties, a 298 ISO power number, which fits right into the equation for the Washington Nationals over the last 30 days with their play plate appearances here. Take a look at the top of the lineup here, particularly with ISO power numbers. Trey Turner, 385. Juan Soto, 250. Zimmerman, 350. Harrison, 231. And Rivera, 429. There's a lot of decent bats in that lineup just because it looks like they are going to be sellers at the deadline unless they sell today, Kevin. I'm looking at a decent offensive performance from the Washington Nationals perspective. And again, somebody last night, I believe, on this show bet the Washington Nationals oh. and the FanDuel Sportsbook to hit their team total, and they got it done. And we sure did. The Nats paying out there over four and a half runs, which was really nice to see. They put up four runs in the fourth inning, and we had to wait until the top of the ninth to cash that ticket, but cash it we did. Also yesterday, like most days, had so many examples as to why 
Donnie bets team totals and then just turned me into a, a team total or mostly just in a total better <laughs> straight up. The Astros put six runs up in the first inning against the Mariners, had a 7-0 lead, only to go on and lose that game to the Seattle Mariners, which was unbelievable. Probably one of the more underrated storylines of the season is the fact that the Mariners will be buyers at the deadline. This team right now is almost 10 games over 500. They are home dogs once again here, Donnie, with Flexen up against McCullers, a total of eight. And this Seattle team, if you've been betting them as a home dog, one of the more profitable teams on this season. No, you're certainly right, and it's coming out of left field, and I guess we always like to talk about that East Coast bias kicking in because nobody's really paying attention to the Mariners. Nobody paid attention to them at the start of the year either because we just thought it was going to be a throwaway baseball season, much like the Arizona Diamondbacks are having, but it turns out they have been getting some clutch hitting, decent starting pitching, and very good bullpen work. Take a look at Flex in here. Now, here's one of those games, Kevin, that we take a look at and say, well, maybe something doesn't match up because you looked last night from the Houston Astros. They had a young kid on the mound being for the Mariners to go up against them. You know, had a decent start, was getting guys out, but had a high XFIP number. They tore that guy apart in the first inning for six runs. Now you take a look at Chris Flexen. Look at over the last 30 days, Kevin. If I were to tell you his XFIP number is a 6.20, and if you don't know what that number stands for, anything above roughly a four and a half is the danger zone, and he's coming in at over a six. But take a look at his weighted on base averages, Kevin, between lefties and righties to lefties. A .169 with an ISO power number of .050. He's had 80 batters that he's faced over the last 30 days from the right-hand side, Kevin, at 326, which is roughly average, and an ISO power number of .122, which is below average. He's doing very well. The reason why a low-percentage ground ball pitcher, Kevin, and not a high percentage of strikeout rates, which is always tough to go up against Houston. Look at Houston over the last 30 days and strikeout percentages, which you want to see from your lineup to be under 20%. So if we say Flexen strikes out 13% of the batters he faced, take a look at the lineup making contact here for Houston anticipated tonight. 13% strikeout rate, 9%, 15%, 20%, 17%, 19%, 20%. A little bit elevated in the middle of the lineup here with Guriel, or excuse me, with Alvarez and Correa at 30% and 31%. But they don't strike out all that much as a lineup. A non-strikeout pitcher, they might be able to jump Flexen the same way they jumped the young kid McGowan last night for the Seattle Mariners. But the question is, again, Kevin, you brought it up right in the hit the nail on the head. You might be able to turn this game on if you bet the Houston team total over the first four innings. Why wait? Why sit around and wait all hours of the night for us East Coasters only to see your team go down due to a three-run home run and a grand slam later in the eighth inning? Baseball is wild. Take the manicness out of it. Take some team totals here. Sit back, relax, and have some fun with these, Kevin. Imagine staying up to 1 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Your buddy's just asleep at – I mean, the game was, what, 10-10? asleep at like 10 18 and you're like hey listen i gotta sweat this thing out and watch it play out i mean that is just an the perfect game as to why totals slash team totals have uh, really become the way i know this show certainly operates and certainly can chalk that up to donnie there's actually a lot of good west coast games here tonight i want to start with the padres athletics paddock against caprillion minus 152 on san diego a total of eight and a half this is a this is such a big series, in my opinion, Donnie, because the Padres are trying to make hay in the NL West, and I feel like all of these wild card contenders in the American League are begging for somebody to beat up on this Oakland team. No, you're right, and it is a very good game here. You're talking about a pitcher's ballpark here, which is no surprise to the Oakland Athletics who play in one of the premier pitcher's ballparks when they are at home. But as we take a look at the lines here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Padres seem a little heavy to me, Kevin, at minus 152 in this range. But i got to tell you, the lineup looks even better tonight because you know he's anticipated the start out of that leadoff spot here, batting from the left-hand side against Caprillion. That's Adam Frazier, then Tatis, Cronenworth, Machado, Grisham, Pham, Hosmer, Nola. You are now looking at a legitimate lineup, and I love the move as that news broke down saying, hey, Adam Frazier's on the road to go to San Diego. As we like to say, the rich get richer. That is a fantastic baseball division now with the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers. Some exciting baseball to come down the stretch. But looking at this game, you know, taking a look and saying, well, where are some of the added advantages that we could 
take with Caprillion on the mound. He does struggle a little bit with left-handed batters, which is typical sometimes for right-handed pitchers. But over the last 30 days, he has improved himself in the XFIP numbers at 3.80. Kevin, over the last 30 days, striking at close to 28% of the batters that he's faced. If we take a look at right-handed batters versus him, a 238 weighted on base average. And how about this, an ISO power number, 0.087, doing some damage here to right-handed batters. But from the left-hand side, he's right about average from a weighted on base percentage. Look at 325, Kevin. But over the last 30 days of those 52 batters he's faced from the left-hand side, how about this ISO power number of 267? So we take a look at the Padres' anticipated lineup tonight. You're going to get Frazier, Cronenworth, Grisham, and Hosmer, four out of the eligible eight at batters here since it is a National League ballpark coming from the left-hand side. Maybe they can do some damage. But if I'm looking overall here, I'm probably still looking towards unders here with the San Diego Padres. It could be a Padres team total kind of night. You mentioned, the like yes, it's a pitcher's ballpark, but – Oakland is just another level. The home road splits for him an ERA of 1.13. Home for Caprillion pitches to a four on the road. And also, one of you know these ex-FIP guys here, the ox, the opposite of my guy Alex Cobb here. On this season, the ex-FIP still <laughs> a 4.34 compared to a sub three ERA on the year. So the Padres with Frazier there will be enticing. We run it back in the bay with the Giants and the Dodgers. Will the Giants ever surrender their NL West lead to this Dodgers team? I am not sure. You do have the Giants as home dogs, plus 106, the total of eight in a matchup between Urias and Webb. Yeah, Urias and Webb, as we take a look at this game, and look, maybe I'm just done with just a total fade and say whenever the Dodgers line up against the San Francisco Giants, Kevin, I just automatically back the Dodgers because I think they're a better baseball team. Their bats are sort of stuck in a rut. Maybe it's Cody Bellinger really struggling here. Mookie Betts now in the IL, so we'll see how much amount of time he misses. So eventually, I guess, those superstar players catching up and not having great seasons and or injured seasons is finally coming to rest. But looking at, you know, Urias's numbers this year, XFIP on the season, very good, 3.85. He's handled his business from both the left side and the right side. So as you take a look on a season hole, the Dodgers at the plate, even if it's Taylor, Muncie, Turner, Smith, Beattie, Bellinger, Pollock, and McKinney, as we anticipate, and how about this, Kevin? You know, Bellinger, MVP-type candidate, now batting down in the six-hole position as opposed to being right in the chalk of things there, three, four, maybe five at the most. So that tells you how much he's struggling. But just taking a look over on the season, Webb has been fantastic, which a lot of the San Francisco Giants having a resurgence here on the mound, a 3.21 exit. He's handling his business from both the lefty and the righty spot. How about this game, Kevin? If I told you right now, it would come down to a walk-off hit in either the top of the ninth, or obviously the walk-off <laughs> would come from a Giants perspective in the bottom of the ninth. I would not be surprised one bit. This is one of those games I'm staying away from, but I can't help but say I'm looking towards the slight dog here in the San Francisco Giants. I just am at this point. The turn is beginning on this Giants Uh-oh. team. Heel turn. There are Heel six turn. games left. No, I'm talking about for you. You're buying in. You're becoming a babyface in the Bay Area is what I think the people are talking about here. Look, minus 175 of the Dodgers to win the NL West. If the Giants get another series win over the Dodgers, will this go to a pick price? I don't know, but it moved after the last series. Perhaps it could be all on the move once again. Tremendous baseball slate. We mentioned the Yanks in action against the Rays. White Sox looking to bounce back against the Royals. So much good stuff. Donnie and I will break that down on In Play Sports tonight. Ariel joins Donnie next to let you know what's coming up on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. 
Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. I don't know if it's better, but it's Last segment of the day for a Tuesday right here on the early line. Both myself and Kevin Walsh brought that heat for two hours. And the NBA quarterbacks at the top of the charts for us today. But you know what? Over the next three hours, we got you covered once again here on the Sports Grid Network with the morning after with Ariel Epstein and Ben Stevens. Welcome in and good morning, Ariel. How's it going over there? It's busy, Donnie. Between all this quarterback drama over the last week, oh, and we wake up to news that the best Olympian in America has decided to withdraw because of injury. Yeah, Simone Biles no longer in the Olympics. My morning's not off to the best start, to be honest. The information always moving as we know it here, and you're correct. Maybe not the greatest start for Team USA across the board here. Soccer, women's soccer struggling a little bit here as we take a look at the NBA team that was sent over for Team USA, basically not having a great start in their loss to France. We'll see if they can maybe rebound. And yes, the women's gymnastics team going through some struggles as well. But as we take a look throughout what we anticipate for the rest of the summer, it's fantastic. You are so correct. It is football season now. Aaron Rodgers' watch is finally over. He landed the plane in Green Bay at around midnight. Everybody was waiting to take a look. Now it's also up to where Deshaun Watson is going to be on the move. And the FanDuel Sportsbook, I saw you tweeting yesterday out so astutely. Look at all these numbers, Ariel, on the move for the Green Bay Packers across the board here. It was crazy. We saw the lines flip early in the morning during the morning after yesterday where the Packers went from around minus 140 to plus 150 to win the NFC North. Then Aaron Rodgers news gets released that he's going to return to Green Bay or there's a chance he could return to Green Bay. That number went down to around plus 110. And then we saw the news that he was actually going to return and then everything flipped to minus 145, minus 150 again for the Packers to win the division. That number was all over the place. It wasn't just that one. The the win total went from nine and a half to eight and a half up to 10, 10 and a half. There's a lot of moving parts and you just got to keep an eye on it. And hopefully you've got a good number. No, certainly do. And Aaron Rodgers expected to have a big season. How comfortable, how long will he stay in Green Bay? We'll certainly find out. And also, Mad Max possibly on the move in Major League Baseball. Maybe he can swing the scales of the balance of power to see who's going to win the World Series. But they got you covered on the morning after. Both Ariel and Ben coming up 9 to 12 right on the Sports Grid Network. We're out of here for the early line. We'll see you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.